And we're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Your host here, your favorite Fortnite commentator, Monster D-Face in the building. We're bringing back episode 10, coming in hot from our guest feature with Archie that we had last week or about 15 days ago. Yes, I'm counting. I do have the VODs on Twitch. If you guys haven't watched the live VOD version of that, you can either go to our Twitch channel or our YouTube channel at Practice Server. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we got... We got the whole gang here today. We're going to kick it off with the brother from another mother, my boy, John Rush. John, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Uh, any mothers listening to this? Mother's Day was not too long ago, so shout out to the moms, you know? We wouldn't be here without you. And a shout out to all of our uh, listeners, our community. We appreciate y'all being on this journey with you. You guys are really at the ground floor of something special, and uh, I love you for that. And, of course, if uh, Mother's Day is a hard day for you, you know, our hearts and, and love goes out to you guys as well. But yeah, it has been. A, it was a pretty great weekend for us. Yo, DJ, talk to us uh, and about your weekend as well. What's up, man? Welcome to the episode yo, 10, baby. Yo, bro, I've been keeping my nose to the ground and the eyes to the sky with this FNCS stuff. It's been uh, pretty exciting. We had a whole week, one full week of two qualifiers jammed into that time. whole lot of content. We had a lot of big changes prior to FNCS that uh, were implemented within uh, the, the Fortnite community, so... It's interesting to see uh, how everybody's and everything is panning out throughout the FNCS. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely get to that. We're going to absolutely get to that Fortnite talk, talk about the FNCS, talk about this weekend, what just developed with qualifiers one and two. Um, Obviously, if you all watch the show, especially NA East, I was on those front lines. I was up there casting alongside my boy Sundown from Epic Games. Super, super fun to just be back in the saddle, back in the competitive seen um the last couple weeks i've been focused on twitch rivals and like zero build and that whole uh bonanza that craziness that's been going on there but getting back into the comp setting uh definitely definitely felt like i was rekindling something it felt really special this weekend and it's wild to think about how many names called but how many big and notable names did not make it and you know you could just look at that list and just be like dang how do we have a finals without an edgy and an acorn or like you know, there was just tons of people that were just missing the mark weekend to weekend, which is wild how, how again, competitive the scene really has been. But uh, to kind of kick things off, man, let, let's start getting into things. I think one of the more fun topics that we have and, and one of the cool initiatives we have developing in the scene actually to start things off is our friends over at FaZe have been, I mean, they're doing FaZe things, right? Uh, always doing FaZe things. We we know that FaZe is a brand that is very much Recepted, uh, received well and, and um, innovative in the space when it comes down to esports and kind of the gaming culture. And they have the, they really have their, their hooks sunk in deep into the gaming community because their phase road to number one has essentially gone extremely viral. It's taken off in the scene. It's taken off with not only young participants, but some of the older as well. Shout out to my boy acting like Tommy, being the oldest competitor to make it to phase top 20, where then they were all drafted into this warehouse. And I mean, John talks to me about this. They're basically living under what seems to be the new modern day age uh, Jersey Shore of phase or something like that. I don't know. What, what do I compare this to? I'm an old man. That's, that's all no, I, really I mean. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a real world it, it, for, for those things. Like there, there's a show big brother, honestly, kind of just feels like a content house, like gone crazy, you know? And we're, uh, for those of us who are watching us via, via video, 
you're getting to see uh, a really cool kind of like tour of the space that was done by the different creators, introducing them, just showing the scope um, and honestly how, how nice it is. And uh, also notice the, uh, not, it's not G Fuel on the shelves, that's Ghost Gaming. Uh, phase is making moves uh, all across the board, but this is the Phase, phase One house. You know, what this you know what this reminds me of a little bit? A little bit of a, like Rob Deerdeck's fantasy. Factory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm getting big vibes from this, like on a, obviously on a smaller scale, but like there's just so much like outside of just gaming that these, you know, phase players or uh, so-called maybe contestants for phase one are like enjoying. So it's really nice to see people who are really heavily invested and have been invested this long into their journey with phase um, to, you know, be able to do a lot of things outside of just streaming and playing games. Yeah. What's really cool about this is phase is essentially committed to doing this, this wild, like 15 day never ending live stream, which has been live uh, since they released about five days ago, guys on twitch.tv slash phase. And that's come with its own hurdles and production issues. And now possibly even people getting sick, Obviously, guys, we are in a pandemic, so, you know, that's kind of one of those other just outstanding issues and dilemmas that they're having over there. But all in all, I mean, it's been an entertainment uh, hub, right? The, the chat's been just live, like super, super live. Everyone kind of getting to see and put eyes on what is a lot of these new creators for the first time ever. And let's talk about what's at stake here, like what these participants are essentially trying to earn right because it's not just oh i'm gonna join phase no they have a signing bonus of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the year to whatever said brand i thought it was gonna be Jew fuel but it might just be ghost at this point so they get a sponsorship brand deal one million dollars in crypto that's that in its own is like revolutionary for the space i don't yeah. even know what you spend a million dollars in crypto on uh basically nfts but you don't want to do that right so that's like a weird one to me is like do you withdraw this like do you, i would do withdraw you... <laughs> no doubt <laughs> yeah but listen if you withdraw a million dollars in crypto like you're gonna come out of there with like three hundred thousand. i just i just hope you know the fees right the, now the, yeah, the yeah. gas <laughs> like you know so it's really it's one of those weird things where it's a million dollars but is it really a million dollars so but we'll talk about that later wait and it diminishes you know, then you're even you're even short shorter on money than you originally thought you had. You know, Dude, so listen at this point, I don't. I, that's the biggest question to me. What do you do with your crypto when you get that million dollar bonus? Uh, and you got to pay tax on it. So we'll figure that out too. If you withdraw, hey, it's, so it's that's got a, its that's own a question. Thing. Put in the comments right now. Let us know what are you gonna do with a million in crypto? <laughs> crypto. What are you what trying do to do, bro? It's such a weird question. Such a weird dilemma to have someone's gonna have this problem in the very near future so yeah uh, you know we'll, we'll start that conversation now but that's one of the one of the perks of winning phase the phase one the road to phase number one and then uh you get a nissan you get a nissan vehicle because nissan is one of the brands um that works alongside phase and they've supported them for like the last year maybe two years they've had this very long and positive relationship shout out to nissan because they actually bought into our um phase clan elite series when we did that so super sick and yeah i love nissan for that because they made us some good money and we got some sick going on for the community so south nissan supporting the gaming scene but um they get a vehicle which yeah. is super super cool um so and i and i've been watching this phase one i've been watching very closely i've been following along with the con uh, contestants 
not because like I really care about who wins or anything, more so because it's just been genuinely entertaining. Like, not not that I care about any of them trick shotting. I'll be honest, I don't really watch any of their content that they create, but the content that's been created around this kind of reality environment is sick. And I've genuinely been enjoying that. And I think that's one of the cool things about this whole phase initiative is it's going in transcending well beyond gaming. Because like I said, me from an audience perspective, I don't really care about the the gamers and the gaming that they're doing. I'm just more interested in like, yeah, the communication, the fun stuff, the wild things, the challenges. They've built this like whole roadmap and we really haven't even seen the the beginning of it. This is only the surface level because they've just released the players to the warehouse the last couple of days. Um, in about a week or 10 days time or so, they're going to start doing more of the run of show that they have prepared for the uh, contestants. And I think that's where things are going to really pick up. Yeah. And I, I think what's so cool just for everyone to remember the origins of this is saying we want to help discover undiscovered talent and just giving people a chance to rise above. And, you know, sometimes that's what a lot of people feel like. I just need one break. I just need one opportunity. And these people have worked hard. They have overcome obstacles. And some of them genuinely, obviously now in the top 20, you're looking at some of their profiles. You're like, oh, they have a little bit of a following already. But but, but a lot of them have built that following in the process of this uh, phase one. And just yeah. honestly, I also feel like it's a great example on the part of phase to show how generosity in helping people actually creates amazing content. Like, yes, phase, phase is benefiting a lot. There's a lot of attention, a lot of conversation. But it really came on the back of them being willing to do something generous and help somebody else come out of obscurity and make, make a career doing the thing that they love. And it's cool. We have the top 20 contestants right now. I can say probably all of them have seen significant growth in their socials since joining FaZe. It's basically this reality TV show that FaZe has created. Um, when you look at the chat, you have all types of walks of different communities now finding out about one another, cross-supporting one another. And this experience in general, it's going to go so far beyond this FaZe challenge. Like when... The creators look back. I mean, they're making memorable moments, friends, and I think the networking that is going to become available to them in the platform that they're on is probably going to lead to tons of new sponsorship opportunities and different things beyond the face brand. And that's what's really cool about this. I think we've seen what could be the beginning of more brands doing something similar to this, not necessarily for some, you know, signing to an org, but the idea of winning a fat bonus and being on like this thing that's live all the time it's super cool and i think many people would you know honestly stab at the chance to get this um you know the the shot right to be on camera and, and be in this kind of limelight and have a full-on production uh professional production crew follow you around so it is really cool one other thing though we did kind of briefly talk about here uh dj i mean phase in g fuel part ways and then immediately announced ghost gaming now it may not seem like a lot to some people, but this is kind of a big deal. Like, FaZe is quite, what I feel, literally built their brand identity around G Fuel. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I feel like they definitely are set in stone with G Fuel, and I thought everything was going good, but to see them part ways and then instantly announce the new pickup of Ghost Gaming, um, I think it's something that's just been in the works, maybe, you know, contracts ending and they want to you know explore new avenues maybe g fuel is struggling right now who knows um 
you never know what, what what's going on behind the scenes until you know they come forward and say but you know to pick up ghost gaming on the side you know that's that's a big w i want to see how they start incorporating i mean they already have in the the phase one house but even further uh incorporating ghost gaming and the collaboration they got going on there well check I mean, this I found out it, oh go ahead I was just gonna say I just found it hilarious that once the partnership was announced and like everyone on the quote unquote live television show, whatever you want to call this thing, uh, the Phase Channel was basically like, oh, you know, shilling for the products, basically like, oh, Ghost Gaming, oh, it's so good, and you know, if you guys know me, you know that I always have been a proponent of like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be promoting energy drinks to uh, the youth, but here we are, you know, like kind of just picks up this new energy thing and this whole entire I think audience is being drawn to this show you know i'm probably one of the few almost 30 year olds that are watching it um but you know i i still like to think that yeah we we should probably just why can't we just get a water brand you know yeah where's where's those <laughs> like you know could have been anything well, and, but and, and yeah, look I'm, at this. I'm just against it i'm against it, that's all they got um you know and the great marketing but you're right this is a this is a there's a lot going on whenever something like this happens, but they, they are doing a, a huge push that whenever you download the Ghost app, they will send you product for free. Phase has been pushing It's this crazy. Out. Yeah, and it's still uh, days into it. There's still um, supplies that uh, last. It's just, very, it's just very interesting. They went full court. Now, you know, to, to, on a more serious note, besides my own personal bias, I, I want to talk about the business behind this, guys. You have FaZe Clan supporting this Ghost Energy brand. So what happens now is FaZe has basically given Ghost Energy the stamp of legitimacy in the gaming space. My problem with this is that G Fuel has actually built a great brand, a safe-to-use product, and... They've been here just about the longest, which is not something you can say about many of these quote-unquote energy drink brands, these you know powder sugars that you put in water, mix it up, and, and drink, right? These drinks have come and gone about as fast as esports orgs rise and fall in the Fortnite space. Like, not kidding. Um, we saw for, for a brief moment in time, Bang Energy being one of those big brands that hit the space dump tons of money into like advertising and all that kind of stuff and then just disappear from gaming as a whole and not necessarily continue to pump money into it but they're successful they made it to market they're like in walmarts and you know what i mean they're they've managed to do something with it not many brands have that same i guess level of success i feel like g Fuel's one of the few that maybe it was just time to stop paying for or dishing out all this crazy money right to something like a phase um because you have to imagine that brand deal to buy all the impressions and be that exclusive energy drink sponsor it comes with a very hefty cost um and now that g fuel is also in stores in market and a global product they have definitely made it far enough right like they, yeah. they're big enough of a brand to just go ahead and start departing ways or you know detaching themselves from some something like a face clan well, it's interesting. I've got I've got a couple friends who um, are sponsored by uh, G Fuel, and it's been amazing yeah. for um, them starting out as content creators and giving them that chance at clout. I feel like G, a G Fuel sponsorship is a huge seal of approval on an up and coming content creator or esports athlete because it just shows the legitimacy of them. Um, but recently, I I actually just I just kind of concluded it for for just other reasons with where I want to focus my time and energy. 
But I actually got approached by a much smaller, much smaller um, uh, brand to do a, a deal with them other than G Fuel. And my friend was just telling me the complexities of it. I was like, this is very small brand, but because they're small, they were paying cash. Like, honestly, right. I made some pretty good money doing it. Compared to some of my homies who are signed with some of these bigger brands, they don't really get cash. They kind of get the clout. And so I wonder yeah. if G Fuel was almost doing, was experiencing the same thing but on the other side with phase where they're like, man, we kind of don't need to pay for the clout anymore. The stamp of approval. We, we, we kind of in this space ourselves, obviously we're all speculating, but, but that's kind of what could have take on it. Yeah. I would say like for, for just how you said it for people who are coming up, you know, just that seal of approval, but also it's, it's important for when you're coming up to try and work with younger businesses that are up and going as long as they have some sort of credibility because in the end if you guys both come up you guys both came up together you've been working since the beginning you guys have established the relationship you know how business operates behind the scenes i think that's huge for you know someone anyone who who starts out to to, to start out with somebody who's also starting out yeah, uh, and, I, and I'm totally with it. I've been in that position where we're working with small brands that look to be promising, right? And that's something that the practice server brand, we pride ourselves in um, as someone who's very much a part of the esports space or even, you know, I mean, John, you know, finding talent, right? Finding people that are, man, this guy, this guy's got something special. Like we could, we could work with this. Let's, let's stand behind that and build with him. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, and it works the same way across these other companies and businesses. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see what will happen with this Ghost Energy brand. We'll see what will become of this relationship that they've started. It's definitely, in my opinion, or had to be definitely some some big money being thrown around to kind of bid out anyone that would have had the chance to to pick up this slot. So that's always kind of cool to see. And you know, again, the details will they'll merge. They they come out in in good time. And and that's kind of like one of those headliners. And why we wanted to bring it up is because. We're talking about here what what it means to be a brand, build your brand and have a brand identity and now having that stripped away. So what happens to Face Clan? What happens to G Fuel? This is a very significant moment, I think, for both of the brands and how they decide to move forwards and who they work with is going to tell us a lot about how brands can make it in this space and how worth it was it really was. Like all that money you put into Phase or, or vice versa, all that energy you put into the marketing behind the G Fuel brand how long of an impression did that dollar sum buy you, right? Like how how long or maybe not even long, how short is it, right? Will Longevity. people forget about it? Yeah. Because that is what I think is going to be the coolest thing to see come out of this um, for science, guys. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, you got some more, John? Well, I mean, like, I just like, I, I love, you know, you know, maybe the fact that I'm 29, but like the reality is like, I love phase so much. It's probably, probably my favorite brand in the space. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't make me want to go out and instantly buy this product. And maybe that's cause I'm getting older, but I'm like, I even if a brand I love loves a brand, I need to love the product. Like I can't just anymore. Like, I think I've made, I've made purchases before just off rip, like all oh, the hype, you know? And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, like, hey, you don't have to support everything FaZe does. You know, be thoughtful in what you put in your body. And if you like it, you like it. I, I, think, I think there's something to be said about, like, hey, don't just run out there and rep something just because you want to be with the wave and be with the trend. Rep it if you like it. You know, try it. Like, buy it and see if, and, and see if you like it. 
and uh, and then we'll see what happens with the product. We've seen we've seen that a lot on the Phase Live channel. Like I said, this whole reality thing they're doing. Uh, the creators are running to the product and they're guzzling tons of it, copious amounts, probably unhealthy amounts. Seeing that's someone that drink two hundred fifty thousand dollar. Yeah, that, that's coming back to save your body, <laughs> bro. Yeah, but, yeah. But, they're like, we need to keep this guy. He's drinking the product. He's doing it. You know what I mean? He's the guy we need on here. That's what we're seeing go down on there. That's um, funny. It's unhealthy to me. Like it's it's so unhealthy. It's See that guy? Culture. That guy's shaking. We need him, bro. <laughs> Hey, yeah, yo, yeah. but here's a real question, bro. Why haven't we gotten a Chug Jug drink, bro? If I get a Chug Splash IRL, Chug Splash IRL, I'm done. I'm selling out to it, bro. <laughs> yo, like, Fortnite, bring it. Fortnite? Like, that's that's the collab. That's the collab we need, guys. Gatorade X, Fortnite, Powerade. No. I don't care. Maybe not Gatorade. Powerade, maybe Powerade. Shoot, yeah. maybe Lemonade. I don't care who it is. <laughs> Minute Maid. Uh, what if it was vitamin water? Naked. Anybody. Uh, that that juice company, Naked, or like Simply Orange, and they actually made it healthy, Anybody. bro. And they flipped the script. Leave it to Epic. Mm. Let's get in a meeting, That's monster. A Put us in a meeting. Come on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it, y'all. I'm gonna pitch it. But let's let's talk about some other things that have been happening. Kind of fun topics here in the in the gaming space. This is a this one made a headliner. Doctor Disrespect at the draft. DJ, talk me through this. You kind of brought it to the table. Um, Dr. Disrespect representing what, what's it, California out in Cali? Yeah, for the that's his team, the uh, Niners. San Francisco uh, 49ers. Uh, th that's his team. Uh, his persona, the colors he wear, he it matches the red and gold. And it, it was all just so genuine to see the, the crossover between the streaming community, the gaming community into the NFL. Uh, we've seen the NFL jump into the gaming community, but we haven't really seen the other way around. So, uh, Dr. Disrespect and Phase One Rug for a different team. Um, they both separately presented uh, the draft picks for the NFL draft live. So I think John so maybe has a clip or something. But uh, Phase Rug introduced with Austin Eckler, the top running back for the San Diego Chargers, the pick for the San Diego Chargers. But there's so many people. This was live. This oh, was the first night of the draft. Or round three looks like the 93rd pick. Like... So many people in the crowd pick. knew exactly who he was. There was just so much energy in the atmosphere, but like I'm sure not everybody who was just going there for the draft knew who he was, you know? Yeah, I think this is fascinating. I mean, we've seen honestly, like starting in the Super Bowl, we've really seen um we've seen the NFL take advantage of these these content creators, understanding that there's a lot of influence uh coming with these these gamers and um I think it's so fascinating how we're still in one sense. Gaming has never been more prevalent, but even last night, um, my uh, wife was telling my mom at dinner, yeah, on Saturday, we had some, this is how she said it, my wife said it, we had <laughs> some, some of John's gamer friends over. Gamer and then my friends. mom, my, my, I look at my wife, I'm like, yo, what do you mean? Like, I don't think about it that way. And then my mom instantly, <laughs> because she had to deal with me growing up, is like, oh, so... Is that a hard crew to get out of their house? I'm like, yo, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stigmatism, dang, it's just gonna follow you around like a like an evil shadow. <laughs> you know, it, it it's so that's that's hilarious, by the way, just the way it gets phrased. Um, because yes, it, it still is very much. It's not the norm. It it's still not the norm as as much 
as it has become more mainstream, it is still not the norm. You're still going to hear the word gamer friends or all oh, he does. He just does gaming online. Like that's still what my video games, you know, yeah, he plays video <laughs> games online. That's what people yeah. think my job is. It's so totally not that like I literally don't even play games online anymore. Probably haven't for two years. I've been building businesses online, you know what hey. I mean? But I'm still the, the guy who plays video games. It's just so funny uh, to have that, that like, yeah, that stigmatism. I don't know uh, what else to call it. I think people it, in it the space, you. they know, you know, like how, how, how much room there is to grow and how, how capable they are to grow. But people who actually haven't stepped into the space and seen like all that, the, you know, gaming has to offer, they don't really, you know, they just think of it as, you know, gamers video games so it's interesting because not really how i thought about it but until i actually put my foot in the door and, and started you know putting effort into learning more about esports and gaming and all that i really had no idea how much there was opportunity wise within the scene so yeah it, it is definitely a full scene there's a whole community here there's a whole ecosystem here um that is gaming and this is why you're seeing brands like the nfl understand the importance of the how do we say it like you said the influence within the gaming space and they're trying to capitalize on that and one thing that's really cool about the nfl is that they are they're basically leaders in the space they were the first mainstream sports brand to get involved with gaming at the level that they've managed to do it so far and i mean maybe you can maybe you can give that credit to something like a twitch rivals who have you know quite literally done things around the super bowl and built up this narrative that, hey, listen, you have professional players that are, you know, athletes that also play games and they love our platform and we can do this together, not just music, uh, cross-pollinating music, but cross-pollinating real sports with electronic sports, like the gaming space, the esports. So super cool stuff. Um, but like DJ was kind of talking about, there was a, a bit of a mix, mixed review, right, of Dr. Disrespect coming on and handing this off. You had the crowd that quite literally knew who it was, like, you know stoked out of their brains like oh snap like dang they got a doctor disrespect to come up here and then you have the more formal like casters and announcers taking fun jabs making jokes you know like oh hey who's this guy gonna you know i i need my i need my my kid to come on here and, and break this one down to me because you know they're not as hip maybe not up to the uh what's new what's hot in the space um and that's how a lot of people feel though right let's be honest it's not it's not necessarily black and white it's it's gray there's all kinds of opinions oh, in there. Sure. Yeah, I, yes. I, if you're watching on, ahead, on video right now, and you can go back and watch, just put in Twitter or YouTube, you know, you can even see, like, literally the crowd. Like, in the middle, there's genuine, you can see, like, people are, like, re they see Doc, and they're like, oh, my God, the two times. Standing up. And yep. then there's, like, people who are like, yo, what? Like, their faces, bro. Like, uh, I Body love language, I, yeah, arms like, crossed, grumpy-looking huh? face, confusion. Yeah. Like there, There's a lot going on in this video piece, and this is why we want to encourage you guys. Come to the live. We do like to put on some segments that you know portray what it is that we're talking about just outside the audio. Um, and we have some new listeners in here. This is one of the few times. I'll give a shout-out. We got Braden Oxpope, regular listeners to the podcast. They came into the Twitch chat, and we can see people in the chat right now hanging out like Caster Lash and things like that. So yeah, you guys can come on over, be a part of this um, live experience as much as it is, you know, preparing it for the audio segment. But let's talk more about Dr. Disrespect. We have, um, I guess, a lot of controversy. When you have a name like Dr. Disrespect, part of your shtick, if you will, is being disrespectful. Yep. And, uh, but, but there's truth behind that too at times. And I think this time around, it wasn't just the persona 
it was him being genuinely upset. He comes out the next of YouTube gaming. Now, I don't have the tweet directly in front of right me. Here. John has it. So, John, talk me through it. Read it out for the people listening. Yeah, you know, on May 2nd, he said, I had to unfollow at YouTube gaming. Um, they don't support us one bit. Why would I support them? Ha, 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 mm. ha. Such a phony industry I'm in. It's really important for everyone to know at home that although Doc streams on YouTube, he does not have an exclusive deal with them. And so a lot of people right. don't know that. A lot of people really only associate um, some of the streamers who have taken uh, cash payments to be on YouTube exclusively. So this is very interesting. Um, <laughs> in, in the video version, we see one of our boys, Connor, with one of the first gifts on the response. <laughs> Can you scroll down? Just, yeah. just while I just want to see it while we, uh, we kind of talk about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do want to take this a step further. Dr. Disrespect was pushed off the Twitch platform due to what to this day is basically an unresolved issue between himself and Twitch when you or when we covered the story back when it first happened um, and we kind of got to what was their resolution. Remember, Doc just said, basically, hey, we don't take accountability for what happened. They're not taking accountability for what happened. And that is what it is. And they left it like they kind of just squashed it. I think both sides realized. I think Doc realized I'm right. You know, you're wrong, right? I think that's what happened. And your overreaction is the reason why we are here. If I had to guess, judging the, again, the atmosphere, the energy, the tone of conversation, that feels like what happened. And, you know, when you're someone like Twitch, when you're a juggernaut of a platform like Twitch, you don't really have to say anything, right? You, you do what you do. You sign your papers. You move on, on to the next one. Um, that's kind of what all unfolded there. To this day, streamers cannot play with Dr. Disrespect on the platform. You'll get a permanent ban. Or not a permanent ban, but you'll get, a, you'll get banned, essentially. Even having his audio coming in to the live stream, you will get banned. You will get actioned against. So you cannot have him, his content, or anything playing on your Twitch stream. He is barred out of the platform as a whole. And we saw a popular Call of Duty streamer, Z Laner, playing a duos tournament with him, I believe, or maybe I think it was even just having a conversation with him and he got banned for it. So super, super whack that you can kind of get blackballed out the industry like that. Um, and that's what I'm going to call it, being blackballed out the industry because Twitch is the biggest platform. So for him to kind of face what seems like the shadow ban, right, like just kind of kicked out of existence, but still be so relevant shows you yep. just how big Dr. Disrespect is, how influential he is, how big of a following and an impression he's made on the gaming space mm -hmm. and his Twitter following that he is still relevant today. Yeah. That is crazy. And, and he'll continue to do so. I mean, a lot, many might not know that he is an originally a game developer. Like, oh, when, yeah. like he, is, he, was, he cut his teeth in the space, like working on Call of Duties, and then he made the transition into a content creator. Um, and now then he's making, not, not that he's leaving content creation, but he's, he's, he's bringing back, he started his own game development studio. I mean, th this man is playing the long game, and honestly, I love him for it. Yeah. The only thing that's that's a little worrisome to me right now is he's burning the only bridge he has back. Yes. Right now, he's <laughs> only on YouTube gaming. There's nothing that says on Twitch that's going to get him back over there right now. So if he if he burns this island down, I'm not sure where he's going to go. Maybe this is something that's getting set up for him coming back to Twitch and they just need a little bit of time to like let things fizzle out, but yeah, it's just not good to, you know, your call out your main source. I mean, 
you got to call out what you see is true, but you also got to maybe do it behind the scenes as much as you can before you take it public. Yeah, we, we definitely call that burn the candle on both ends is what he's doing. He's living fast, guys. Um, and no, no, DJ's right. This could be what could be the setup for a bigger plot, right, that's going to play into some kind of new announcement, and I think it is. I, I don't see a world. Doc is so smart, guys. Every move he makes is definitely a business one, including this PR stunt, if you will. Um, I could see him releasing his own platform or streaming to his own, yeah, his own developed site essentially is what i'm trying to say and i say that because like i said he has gotten as far as he's gotten on youtube one of the hardest platforms to be successful as a live streamer on unless you have that full backing that like the ludwig has the courage jd the tim the tap and that frontline headliner promotion in the algorithm literally pushed content across the board so that they can be successful like valkyrie etc you have someone who's getting those numbers, beating numbers, you right. know, besting these 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 peak viewerships without any of that. And I think he has come to the full realization he is unstoppable, uncancelable, and he's a juggernaut. And he can do this on his own platform. And I want to say his ego, his shtick, his persona, it makes sense for him to go do his own thing and show people, hey, I can still get 20K over here. Right. You're just going to come here to watch me now. And, like, you know, he'll still use YouTube, of course, to put up his content, yada, yada. There's no reason to reinvent that wheel and, and the monetary aspect that comes from it. But, yeah, my, my point being is I think Doc's cooking something big right now, John. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you think about it, guys, like, right now we are on the edge of a decentralization of currency. That's what cryptos and NFTs are. We're not, we don't have a Pratt coin. Don't worry. Don't one leave. No one leave. Don't be... Don't be sad. Yeah, Don't be scared. No, no prat coins. No prat coins. But I'm just saying that's what we're seeing. And, and there is a lot of that, a lot of disruption and decentralization. We see movies being released on apps now that you never would have thought. And all of this is to basically like meet the end user, but to disrupt any industry um, that, that kind of has a monopoly. And so right now, there's really two big platforms in streaming, Twitch and YouTube. And I honestly feel like I know there's the mixer memes and all this stuff, but I feel like a time is coming where we need to see some third, fourth, fifth options. It would just make sense in the world that we're stepping into that, that someone's going to try to innovate so that it's not just held up logjam within a, within a couple platforms. TikTok. TikTok's almost there. You have people wanna, going live. I want to jump on that real quick because there's another thing that i recently seen within the space where Twitch might be taking more from the streamers than giving them like the 50-50 split. So that that could also just be boosting towards, you know, this people streamers and in, in particular to be, you know, motivated to to go onto a new platform and, you know, it all depends on what they're getting monetary value viewer wise from Twitch to to move over to this platform. You know, the risk well, is it worth I it? I think Twitch Twitch has realized that they need to start giving more back to the creators and we're seeing more cuz the problem with Twitch is they've they've they had a great reputation and then their reputation went downhill really quickly because of how they were victims to their own success. Bigger and bigger, more voices, more opinions, more issues, right? The drama came with the growth. Essentially is what happened with Twitch. So I think I think we see Twitch now trying to give more back to the creators, trying to give them better revenue cuts trying to introduce better ways to hey roll these ads we kind of need them to happen we're gonna roll them anyways but here's more control on how you want to do it to your 
your audience, your viewers. And we're in that space now where they definitely have to, they kind of have to take care of their community because if a world happens where people just, I don't know, let's just say the TikTok brand continues to develop and the platform really brings in some cool features and it's just good enough to do it. It's a big enough platform. The growth discovery and all that kind of stuff is there. People are putting everything. Creators are putting everything into TikTok right now. And for good reason, they're seeing return. If they become a competing platform, then it could just be too far, too gone, right? That community sentiment that Twitch has built. And we're in a new day and age. This is a new, you know, kind of turning of a generation of viewers uh, and, and audience coming into the space, creators emerging out of TikTok and all these places. They don't have allegiance to Twitch. They don't have allegiance to YouTube. Their allegiance right now is to TikTok. Right, like, and and whatever's going on there. So wherever they end up going, whoever can, honestly, out advertise dollar them, that's going to be the people that win. And that's why I think you know places like Meta, right, Facebook, Meta is interesting because they also understand that they're in an emerging generation of a new generation. If they can capitalize on that as develop or, or um, you know, the devices and stuff start to progress and and we get developments there, they can capture that audience and be that juggernaut that they once were, uh, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago, um, because we're in a generational turn. So yeah. it is, it is definitely interesting. And it, it's a much bigger conversation for yeah. sure. I mean, we got Elon Musk buying Twitter. Oh my I mean, gosh. We got, that's like, we didn't put that on here, but that is crazy. Hello. <laughs> Wild disruption. Yeah. Hello. Huge disruption. I mean, for all we know now, again, like, Big companies like this. We saw this when Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard. There's a but, lot. But wait. Yeah. Elon Musk bought Twitter <laughs> for like $45 billion. How do you just do that today? Well, what does that all come with? Like, what, what is he? Does he have Money. control over everything? Does he, is he, he wants to give more freedom of speech back to like the, the platform users. But what does that entail? How much? free space does he have no, control his, over the app no uh, it's his it's his the reason he bought out at a premium the shares for all the owners so it's like if you had shares in the company and you were on the board etc when he bought the company he actually paid you more than what it's worth today he paid a fat premium on top of it so it's like saying this is the greatest investment you'll ever make it's a solid there's no way you fail for selling me this right now right you have made a profit period and it's a fair offer so he owns it. He wants to take it off of being a publicly tradable company so that what he does with the platform, you know, whatever develops in there, develops there, it's, there's no like law ramifications, no legal ramification behind the platform to maintain all these rules and regulations. Yes, of course, there's still probably tons and tons of layers, the legal layers behind this being a, a platform where people socially communicate and stuff like that. But it will definitely change um the algorithm he's gonna make it all public so he's gonna literally share the coding behind it because it's his now and these are some of the things he's promised like he's gonna give away the source code to twitter which is so crazy because you're wow. gonna see what has been hidden behind those layers what what does get what gets promoted what images are favored what you know what i mean all these little things crazy. these metrics that are coded into the platform to make it successful and have the the what we like to call the the hook the core loop that you like and scroll and you want to spend more time and open the app and the sounds it makes all that stuff the source code is going to be shared um crazy 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 stuff there 
Yeah, and we got here on, on CNB, CNBC, it's been widely reported that uh, Elon Musk expects to serve as temporary CEO as well. And, oh, of course. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> he, he's, he's making the moves. Um, something that's interesting as well is Apple TV just put out a, a documentary on WeWork, which I was fairly unfamiliar with the saga of it. And basically, a, this brilliant CEO builds his business out of nothing, is valued at like like more than Twitter. Like it was something like $50 billion. But wow. the thing that got the, the whole, you know, not to spoil the show, the show is really good. It's just, this link, is just factual. Um, is that the <laughs> whole thing that got him caught up is when he tried to take the company public, it, it got so many other eyes in it that that's how people were able to take him down. Um, just for, from the nature of the difference between public and private. So I think Elon taking it private is, yeah, just like you said, it's, it's necessary for him to make some of these changes. Yeah. And again, that, that's a whole, guys, there is so many layers behind that. But just think about the idea. Go read into it. it something's going to change with Twitter, no doubt about it. it. He literally bought the whole thing. The, this has to be one of the biggest acquisitions, easily, of of in the last decade like but like easily definitely the biggest blue chip brand we've seen outright bought by a single individual so some crazy stuff there um man we we're chewing away at the at the clock here we have yeah, we gotta right. start oh we're having too much fun here guys yeah. <laughs> we're gonna start we're gonna start flying through some of this stuff um who wants to take the reggie versus double lift conversation going on tsm's pr- once prized lead once player prized. in in just I, John, you know about TSM. Yeah. You love League and all this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Doublelift is one of the most storied uh, individuals in esports. In League of Legends, it was essentially for years, whatever team Doublelift played on was going to win the yes. seasonal championship. He proved it multiple times that d- just his skill alone, his persona alone. And he's always been known as, as someone who's willing to talk trash. When you look at some of the old uh, interviews of, of Doublelift, he will look in the camera and he will just plainly state whoever the opponent is. They'd be like, oh, you know, he plays ADC, um, and, which is like a very offensive bottom lane, a lot of pressure on that character. And so they would always be like, oh, you're going up against Dignitases or, you know, uh, Fanatics, a, a, you know, AD carry. Like, what are you worried about it? And, and he just pan, deadpanned the camera and be like, well, I'm better than them. So I don't really have any fear or trepidation. And you just say it so factually like that. And you're Ooh. like, oh my God, bro. <laughs> like, oh, oh. And so he yeah, is. And, oh. and one thing too, though, like he's got a lot of guys. He's got a lot of swagger. He's got a lot of charisma. The the dude is, he's a straight shooter, but he's he's got that star quality behind him. And that's why he's been able to get to where he is today, guys. We're talking about someone who is incredibly influential. And since parting ways with the TSM brand, like John said, he has not held his tongue at all, John. He's come out right and spoken on multiple different occasions yep. about what he claims for calls to be, you know, let's just say infrastructure abuse, right? Like yep. um, uh, disrespect within the organization. And I mean, there's there's a lot that he said, and a lot of this is pointed to the CEO, Reginald. And he's even gone as far as saying things like, Reginald, don't forget, like, I basically made your ba- your brand, bro. You were nobody before I was on this brand and and won the way I was winning and things like that. Um, which is partly true. Like part of TSM success was the fact that they had the right people at the right time. <clears throat> excuse me, in the right game, right? Like it it just all connected. 
and he is undoubtedly a part of the history of TSM and their success. What well, this whole saga makes me think about something we reported on uh, a, a few weeks ago, which was Bjergsen, who was yes, not Bjergsen. only a long-standing player of TSM, but was a part owner, had become a part owner of TSM. Almost, it almost felt like out of nowhere, mysteriously switched, came off the org, went over to Team Liquid. When at the time when we were reporting about it, we really only had we were like, oh, does he like the roster better? Da da da. We don't know. This makes me wonder. Like, man, was was Bjergsen really unhappy with this culture? Um, and so, so Double Lift posted here. We'll show it for everyone on video. Um, he he posted a what what appears to be a legal document that was sent from TSM from the CEO to um, Double Lift, basically saying like, "Hey, man, like we are going to sue you if you keep like talking, speaking negatively um, about the the company." And then and his response not only is. That. Yo, I'm waiting for your next letter, G. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he said. But not only that, the lawsuit or like what they're claiming to sue for, for each statement essentially, carries anywhere from a $100,000 to a $200,000 fine individually. Um, And to double this point, he kind of just said like, hey, this all plays into this this narrative that I'm trying to explain to you guys. Like they're, the the CEO, he's he's kind of scummy. Like, look at this. This is just more proof. He's willing to try to basically use these bullying tactics, these lawsuit tactics against me. Um, and I think Double If is honestly a baller enough that he's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, let's just say I lose 400K. I, I genuinely think he's he's baller enough to just, like, take care of that. Um, so he's not breaking a sweat. He didn't seem nervous or anything. Uh, he seems very much as outspoken as ever. And he shared the whole thing, which is wild. So this is this is truly like a, a moment in esports right now. And it's a moment for the brand that is TSM. Um, their reputation is really being basically drugged through the mud right now. Again, it makes you think it makes you think of uh, Daquan. It makes you think of uh, Hamlin's. It makes you think of just it may, uh, myth. It may, all these, you know, even thinking of TSM's ties to Fortnite. There was a time where TSM was on top of league and Fortnite, um and and now they're not and it just makes i mean i remember that i remember when dakotas was on tsm and True. that was like the biggest and coolest thing ever and then he just left out of nowhere and i just thought to myself like dang bro like like why'd he leave like you know i, I thought just maybe dang dakota's got a big enough brand he just felt like yep i don't need to i don't need to you know sell out for that bag anymore and i could just focus on me and do my thing and because you know being on an organization comes with its own requirements and stuff like that so that could be stressful but yeah, this this really does open up that that idea or kind of entertains the conversation of like, yeah, what what was it like to be a part of these teams and was it worth it? Was it not worth it? Um, could it have been toxic to the to the people that are on the brand? DJ, who competes for TSM for uh, Fortnite? Snacky, right Re now. S Snacky. Oh, okay. TSM Re and Snacky both do. They're a duo out of uh, the West. West. Yeah, they uh they actually just qualified to uh. Auto called the grands, so nice. And and Reed had a, like a very terrible competitive season last season, and he, that's when he first joined TSM. So I was kind of unsure how everything was going to unfold with that, but he's done so much stuff outside of Fortnite and still maintains his viewership. So whatever he does, he he's just got that that fan base that'll support him. Hey, it just goes back to show you one of the things we're committed to talking about on this podcast is just hey, the way you treat people matters. The way that you lead, the way that you handle your relational business, your mental, emotional health. It all is very important part of being successful 
and happy in life. And, um, you know, we're not here to say that we're perfect, but I think it's a responsibility of all of us to have some of these conversations saying, man, we got to, we got to treat people well. And so we don't know all the details, but Hey, double lift, man. Like if, if you're out here trying to take care of the little guys and take care of people, then, and then we got your back. Uh, before we head over to some Fortnite news, though, we, we are we, this is a, a banger of an episode. So much to talk about. We have to pay honor uh, to the man uh, Nick Merckx that just Salute. recently, just recently placed tenth in the grand finals of the Apex Legends. And um, man, I, I've been watching a lot. I don't really play Apex. Don't normally watch it, but to see uh, Nick not only be a massive content creator but step into the, the competitive space with this much success in a game that he didn't come up on. I feel like where, who else has done this in short little of time too. Let's yeah. put that one on there. The amount of time I think he announced he was going to go pro for apex legends was like December of 2021. So the stuff that he's like massively done, it just speaks on the person who he is, the pride he takes when he plays these games, when he sits down in the gamer chair, whether he's streaming or not, the man's going to give you 120% into the game on every aspect, mentally, physically, spiritually. Like, I would take Nick Merckx in any game as any, any time of, of teammate. This man is just, to me, the role model, uh, like, leader, captain in, in the gaming scene. Yeah, no, and he does it, like you said, I mean, you put it, you put it so well. Spiritually, because of his community, what he's built, how much he takes care of them, how much he gives back with his charity efforts and his endeavors that he launches outside of the gaming sports uh, space is crazy. You know, competitively, you see his his track record speaks for itself. He's competed across multiple titles, Years found success. And this last one is probably the coolest because it's the most relevant. It's allowed him to really compete with the best of the best. And physically, look at the man's built like a tank. We saw the, or chatted briefly about the Under Armour deal that he hit last year around August of 2021, now approaching his first full year. but. He puts it. He puts it in. Nick Merckx is a all or nothing kind of guy, and you yeah. really get that. And you can you can see that out the gate. He's he's not afraid to just kind of be that kind of way, right? Like yep. it's either he's with you or he's not. Yep. Like, period. And I and, love and that's really cool. That's really cool. I love what he said. They they put together a video right before last night's uh, competition, and it was basically Nick just saying, "When I say I fell in love with gaming, I didn't just mean gaming." I fell in love with competitive gaming. And then it yeah. goes this like, <laughs> bro, I'm like, oh, bro. It's like, but seriously, like a lot of people that are his age, he's, I think he's 30 now, maybe 31. Yeah. They, so they stopped grinding, man. And, and the fact that he can learn a new game, I feel like he broke, bar like I feel like he's kind of making statements and breaking barriers that if you are healthy, a lot of what I think stops people from progressing into a game in past their 20s is a lot to do with their health and their mental and I think Nick has some of the best mental and physical health. And it kind of shows that all that comes together to kind of push through and be successful. Listen, I'm, I'm just happy he loves me and he shows me a lot of love and he's a cool homie. And he'd be DMing me from time to time to talk some smack. And that's the kind of relationship we got. So yeah. shout out to my boy, Nick Merckx. And uh, yeah, that's the guy you don't want on your bad side. So I'm happy he's on my good side. That's all I'm going to say about that one. That's great. Well, hey, FNCS. We're in, we're, in, we're in the heat of it. We're in the thick of it. It uh, feels like competitive um, Fortnite. feels like it's gone for a little bit, and then it's like it never left. You know, it feels like we were, like, in this drought, but now it feels like we're just right back in the middle of it. Let's talk about what's going on. Recently, orgs, players, format, 
Uh, what are you guys seeing so far that's exciting you about uh, competitive Fortnite right now? I would say the thing that's uh, exciting me about competitive Fortnite right now is it's, it, it feels fresh in a sense. There's a lot of things that leading up to FNCS, you had built as a player, whether it's using mobility, uh, carrying repair torch, landing in tilted towers. Um, within this short amount of time, we've seen all these things um, be removed from the game or altered in some way. The blimps that were there the whole season, I think there's only one blimp standing now. Um, so all these these key vital drop spots, surge spots, you know, mobility ways are have all been, you know, tinkered down and taken out. And to me, it, it feels like a lot of old school mobility in the game you're constantly moving um i played a little bit of fncs round one made it to round two but wasn't able to play um but me and my duo i was igl and we were just constantly moving the entire time we had no ways to rotate other than on our feet hitting maybe a can a siege cannon here and there but if you're on the the east side of the map there's really no mobility yeah, and that's because of those vehicles being removed from the game. Only IR, IO cars are available currently, and I think those are, what, like at Tilted Towers? About it, and, and some other... There, there's a couple of them around, but those are getting removed in the next update on the 17th. Right. So there's there's really going to be no... I'm, I'm, I'm confused what... But it, it's a lot different. There's a lot of players, you know, when you would expect to get, you know, your surge routes in the middle of the storm, first, first second rotating, uh like first zone sec going into the second zone these players are just you know just barely making it into the zone at this time so a lot of the zones are being very congested and it, it's kind of not really showing the true competitiveness at the moment in my perspective because a lot of these teams are just fighting to just be in the situation just just to just just to be in the battle to continue to go so um, it'll be interesting to see how many teams start landing instead of on the outside of the maps into the middle of the map and uh, finding, you know, loot routes that way. Yep, and one thing we did for this weekend for the FNCS, obviously when we lean into FNCS, guys, we all get a prediction. The caster crew starts to, you know, let, let's start looking at who's going to make it out this week, who's going to make it out, and who, who's going to do well. When I saw the picks of Mira and Booga come up, I thought to myself, dude, like, as much as I want to pick them because I know skill-wise they have it, how can I, when I know that the core of their gameplay has been so altered, not having vehicles to come out of that draw spot, like, how is this going to work out? Like, they're going to be rotating into players that they have never seen before in positions they have not seen before and vice versa. Like, both sides are going to be in this completely new environment. It was really hard to pick. Um, so I went with more safer picks that didn't necessarily uh, revolve around that meta in the past. All of them flopped. Clicks and Day, unfortunately, did not make it. Uh, and my phase, and, phase dubs and mega pick also did not quite make it. They did well. Like, top 10 within the top, I think, 13th was probably the worst placement that we've seen from any of my picks. But to say the least, the game was very different. And the game is very different. And it played out very differently this weekend. And it's going to get even more different, like you said, next week. Which is unfortunate for our competitors having them play under, to me, what becomes more strenuous circumstances dj absolutely i think um caster last you know pointed out very good right in the chat definitely more of an experienced teams prospering we've also seen teams like scented and cold who have been together for a while move their drop spot from north sleepy and i think now they're going to be landing at the fortress in finals so and it you works. can see you can see that, that that moving your drop spot maybe not favoring the outside of the map because how hard it is to rotate 
I don't think if you haven't played this game in a while, you just don't realize how how easy it was to rotate with vehicles and how how much leisure and how much more available you were to you know retain your mats. Now it's just almost impossible to retain mats and and rotate because there's so many people who are who are looking for that. You know. Yeah. Speaking of mobility and unfortunate situations, Aussie. Uh, antics uh, shout out was uh, just caught a really unfortunate moment where uh, some players right in, in the middle of a very important rotation threw down a pad and the pad just didn't go. And uh, it's just kind of just a sad, one of those sad moments in competitive Fortnite where you're just like, man, they're just kind of screwed. This, yeah. this kind of leads back to the reason why they uh, took the cars out of the game. They were experiencing a lot of server lag, a lot of just like unpredictability within the game that you just don't see in these competitive Fortnite, you know, servers. So th those changes had to be implemented in order to see, you know, better server quality. But in some situations, we're still seeing, you know, super unfortunate stuff happen to people that that stuff shouldn't be happening because that could toss a whole tournament for uh, people and not just tournament, livelihood of money, you know? Yeah. So. And and that bug, the bug that we just played on show, that was a part of the European region um, jerky from Bifrost, Team Bifrost there. Unfortunately, did have a visual of a launch pad, but it wasn't being registered by the lobby, and he just got eaten alive by the storm there. And th that's surely a glitch that you hate to see happen, but man, season to season, patch to patch, we see a lot of these things happen within Fortnite, and you just hope to not fall victim to it. And it always feels like it's the competitive weekend where it's like, of all times, now, like, my game never crashes. Now it does, right? And things like that. Um, Talking about, like, unfortunate, you know, circumstances as well. Cam and Bucky miss a game because Cam's yeah. PC decided to hit a Windows update in the middle of, I think, game number six, the last game of the day, and they were a Crazy. bubble team. Going in sixth place, realistically uh, having a chance to strike for top five to make it straight to finals, and Cam's PC has a Windows update. Nothing you can do about that. Just mega unfortunate as yeah. far as Fortnite the, news goes. Those moments are so scary because the moment that something like that happens, the, the next thing, is, if I was then the next thing that would go in my mind, if that was my livelihood, I'd go, well, I need to have a second setup just ready in the, in the freaking room. You know what I mean? Like, bro, it just sucks when you feel powerless like that. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is um, one of those one of those kind of things that are hard to prepare for. But, you know, you can only do your best. So Fortnite's been a crazy, crazy weekend as far as FNCS goes. And we have more on that development as the week continues to blaze on. We have Qualifier 3 and I believe 4 happening all at the same time this next weekend before we get into semis. And then, of course, finals. Um, but another pretty notable acquisition and team entering into the space is going to be Team Dignitas picking up the boy Duke, Mero, and P-God. P-God missed Qualifier 1, did show up in Qualifier 2 before getting shot down. Mero shows up Qualifier 1 with Duke. Mero falls out. And uh, how did Duke do? Wasn't it Duke and Jamper? I think they came first. Hold up. Duke and Jamper might have. And Booga went in. And Dukes and Jamper, I think they made it in the second qualifier. Yes. You, you yeah, just mentioned earlier that there was going to be four qualifiers. There's only three qualifiers. Ah. The next qualifier that's coming up is going to be this Saturday and Sunday. Next weekend, we move straight into semifinals, um, which consists of uh, series leaderboard points. Um, if we want to talk about P-God, he's the one who's been switching teammates each week to week. 
He's going to need a new teammate this week as Elite Pump is playing with somebody else. So he's going to need to go all the way in and auto-qual. Otherwise, he's probably not going to have enough uh, series, series points. points to make it. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be rough for him. And yes, guys, Dignitas Duke did come first in the FNCS qualifier number two. Uh, landing Logjam, and now he says he's going to land Logjam in Grands, and his tweet kind of took off with Jamper. Hey. They played They played very, very well. Um, Victor Royale, average placement 8.2, average Elans just under 5, so very consistent games, 37-point games after their six games, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back. so good stuff from them uh, in Team Dignitas, man, coming into the space, making headlines here. This is a super notable brand on the Fortnite podcast, we kind of went in depth more about what this signing means, what I would say the what the imagery means for Dignitas coming into the space. Because one of the cool things that Dignitas is doing here, guys, I don't know if you noticed, is that they have segmented the brand mm-hmm. into a Fortnite-specific brand. And I actually want to get your takes on this. What do you think about Team Dignitas, one of the most notable esports organizations jumping into Fortnite now? But also, the way they're going about it, kind of like, hey, we do this, we're going to do it as its own thing. We'll start with you, John. Yeah, I mean, I think that the part about it that I love, I got a part that I don't like, a part that I do like. The the part that I love is that I think it recognizes the unique expectations of communities, you know? And we've even seen that on our platforms. Like, this podcast is rare uh, and that we're trying to talk about a lot of things at once. And most of the time, though, to serve a community well, you've got to hyper-focus on them. So Dignitas being new in the space, I kind of appreciate that they understand, hey, we're going to have to pay a lot of specific attention to serve a Fortnite population and audience well. The part that I don't like is it feels like it's segmenting it. And part of me wonders, like, does it weaken the overall brand when it all feels kind of fractured and you don't know what's going on? Um, Yeah, that's my take. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I think the thing that I like about it is they're just kind of putting themselves out there and establishing themselves separately in the Fortnite community. Um, to do that, it, it's kind of hard though, because if you don't really have any any other like outlet in the community, um, you're just kind of jumping in as like a brand new org in the space. In my opinion, I I didn't really know too much about Dignitas. I know they've they're one of the organizations that's been around since 2003, one of the longest. Um, but me in the Fortnite space, I have not heard much about them or what they did to cross over. Um, but the players that they have picked up in this have been, is is huge. Miro, you know, like three, four-time FNCF's champion. P-God, his Hispanic community that he, you know, puts on his back. And then um, Dukes, who has just been like, on the come up and just continues to do good season after season. I think these are three players that you would probably want to have on your front lines of your organization. So it's just a matter of what they can do also outside of the Fortnite community for these players, because I know P God is huge into fashion. Uh, Miro is still young and I know he's got a lot of money and he's going to want to do something with that money eventually outside of Fortnite. And, uh, you know, Dukes just looks like the smart guy running things and uh, keeping things to himself. So now, now one thing I do want to talk about is we talk about Dignitas starting to segment their brand away from the general esports brand. This is one of the more controversial things they've actually done. This is an hour ago. They tweeted out, tag oh. someone who needs this, and then they make a branded image in their brand, you know, this Fortnite colors and, and their team logo. But the the <laughs> The context being, they put a 
little piece of hardware that is known to enhance play basically like a cheat tool in the photo and this is what i was afraid of seeing brands that come into the space and this is kind of like one of those things where in my opinion it's like you're kind of new around here maybe you shouldn't be promoting this you know what i mean yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the risk that comes with a brand that is as big as dignitas or any brand honestly but when you are a brand when you're a company you need to stand for more than that you can't go i feel like this is this hurts the industry right it hurts the gaming space when you go and promote something like oh yeah go use macros or oh yeah go use who needs this piece of equipment so you could you know what i mean have the edge over your opponents it's it's a really weird thing to tweet and whoever's on their uh team who put this this out on their social team needs to revisit their their edginess in my opinion because this 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 to me takes it a little too far and uh, i think it's it's distasteful to the uh to the space to be honest to even joke about this kind of stuff to the space and uh to dignitas as a organization in general you don't know if you know what they're doing in this Fortnite related um segment that they're also showing for to the people who are higher ups at dignitas you know like the things that they're doing on the Fortnite side if they continue down this route are going to be detrimental to the organization as a whole so yeah, I don't, not a good look. Definitely not a good look today to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm about to I'm conjuring a tweet as we speak. This hey. is one of the Remember what I said, guys? I pick one fight a month. I think Dignitas just they 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 Ding put themselves on a pedestal today. <laughs> I'm about to call them out for this. Uh hey, I got to do my part too for the scene, but you know, again, shout out to Dignitas. They definitely picked up a good team. They have uh 50 behind the scenes, you know, who is one of our talent scouts in the space and coaches. Just phenomenal guy and dude, fifty. If you tweeted this, you moron. We're gonna have a conversation later. If you didn't, it's all good. Whoever did definitely needs to think about this. You, we cannot be promoting these kind of things to our youth, to our players. No, 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 no. Not gonna happen. Not on my watch. We're about to. We're about to have a conversation. More, sto- more on this story next week. We'll see what the responses I get from this. But um. Fun episode today. We we definitely ran up the clock a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys the floor. John, we'll start with you. Talk to uh talk to people at home where they can find you. Hey man, find me on Twitter, uh, John W Key Rush, John with no uh, H, and uh, you can say hi to me on all the practice server socials as well. We really appreciate it. Been seeing a lot of fun engagement on Twitter, on TikTok. Uploaded our first video uh, version of this podcast on our YouTube. Um, and so we're trying to really create something unique in the space. And so we'd love for you guys to be a part. Every comment, every like, every retweet uh, means a lot to us. So say hello on the socials. Yes, sir. It's your boy DJ Our Love signing out for the week. Uh, just want to say you can find me on all socials at DJ Our Love. Uh, was super happy with the episode we had last week with Archie. And I'm not going to say who, but I'm proud to announce we do have our next special guest lined up. Uh, We're not going to say when we're going to have that special guest or who it is, but it is definitely something to look forward to. And uh, we're super excited to get that ball rolling and uh, get that content out for you all soon. Absolutely, guys. And as always, your boy at Monster DeFace here signing out. Find me on all social uh, media handles at Monster DeFace. Send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for rocking with us, boys. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. And until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast. No victory royales. Peace, y'all.